Galatians chapter number two. Again, if you're wondering why we're up here, uh, <laughs> I'd actually rather be closer to you guys, but we're up here so everyone in internet land can see the slides. Um, anyway, so are we on? There we go. Fate of Christ versus fate in Christ. We talked about that last week that we're going to talk about it this week. So we touched briefly on it. But before that, of course, it wouldn't be complete without what? The review of last week. Again, there's no pop quiz today, so you can breathe. Number one. Before we got saved, even if we were not under the law, we kept offering our own righteousness which is the righteousness of the blank. Starts with the letter L. Which is the righteousness of the law. Exactly. And that righteousness of the law does not justify us. And I think last week I gave you the example of uh, the flywheel or the bicycle and the, uh, the manual um, singer. Singer is a brand of, uh, of sewing machine. Remember that? I'll give you another example just to be clear. My son, of course, Bergen, he's nine months. Um, before we told him, I mean, of course, he's kind of like a raccoon. Anything that's shiny, you know, he'd like, he would like to touch it. But the electrical outlet isn't necessarily shiny. One time he looked at it. There was no law. He did not know anything yet. There was no law from his father saying, thou shalt not touch the electrical outlet or you shall get whooped. There is no law. He did not know, especially even if I told him that he does not understand anything just yet, right? But, as so, but he kind of understands no, the word no. But as soon as I told him no, don't touch the electrical outlet, you know the next, very next thing he did? Well, I can promise you one thing. He did not say, I promise, Papa, I won't do that. That'd be creepy, <laughs> especially for his, his, uh, his age. But you know what he did? He looked at me, kind of confused, sort of like with a face that says, really? But what if I did this? He started reaching for it again. See, that's what the law does for us. The more we know what we should and we shouldn't do, the more our flesh tends to push us to not do it or to do it against what we're supposed to not be doing or doing. Do you get that? That's the mechanism of the law. We know sin because of the law. And because of our flesh, it pushes us to do what we're not supposed to do. So that's, uh, that's a little bit of... Uh, just a review. The second question here is, because we were guilty, if you're be, before getting saved, because we were guilty before God and in His sight, we were not justified, we had to be put in blank, in Christ. So in, in the Pauline epistles, every time you read the term in Christ, that's talking about people who are in the body of Christ, the people who are saved. Amen. All right? So uh, um, being in Christ, those two things, being in Christ and what we're going to talk about right now, the faith of Christ are two doctrines that are rarely preached 
about in churches these days. Um, preached and studied in churches these days. The doctrines of salvation are so watered down that churches who are supposed to be responsible of taking care of spiritual things. What are churches supposed to be responsible for? Spiritual things. Amen? Amen. But because we're not, we're not talking about the doctrines of salvation so much anymore, churches who are supposed to be taking care of spiritual things are filled with spiritually dead people. Just imagine going to the hospital needing treatment and the medicine they provide is watered down. <laughs> and everyone that's treating you is sick as well. And you're weird if you talk about getting well or talking about the real medicine. I hope to God that that's not what our church is going to be. Amen. So, and we'll talk about that more later on. But you know what? When people question their salvation, when they, are, uh, when they are confused on whether Christ's work for salvation, meaning his death, burial, and resurrection, is enough, and whether additional work is needed, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that to be saved? If people are confused about that, when they doubt if salvation really cannot be lost, they are actually putting one thing on trial. You know what that is? The integrity of the Almighty God. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you believe that God is perfect? Amen. If God is perfect, if God is a perfect God, can He live a perfect and sinful life when He became flesh here? Amen. Sinless. Sinless life. Did I say sinful? I am so sorry. If God is, perf is a perfect God, can he see, that's just proof that I am not perfect. The Lord Jesus Christ is. Amen. Whew, nice save. <laughs> and the word of the Lord is perfect. Amen. If God is a perfect God, can His blood be the perfect sacrifice for us? Amen. Amen. If God is a perfect God, can His work for salvation be perfect? Amen. Amen. If God is a perfect God, can His words be perfect and throughout the years preserve perfect? Amen. Amen. If we so much as hesitated in any of these things, then in the courtroom of our heart and our, our, heart and our mind, the integrity of the Almighty God stands on trial. Can God really do that? God said this, but is He really true about that? Praise God that even if we do not believe in Him, He is still faithful. Praise God that even if we doubt Him, He is still faithful. Praise God that everything that makes salvation possible and available for everyone does not depend on us. God is faithful. Amen. So, we talked about faith in Christ and faith of Christ. What is the difference? Let's go to our Bibles in Galatians chapter number 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is justified by the works, is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. I like that. Thank you very much. I, I miss all these things, but thank you for doing that because every word is important. So thank you. It's not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. 
even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So words in red, again, these are not red letter edition Bibles. That's not the words that the Lord Jesus Christ spake, just like in the red letter edition Bibles. These are my emphasis. Look at the red letters. It's faith of, not in, amen, of Christ. But then on the next verse, Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So what's the difference? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your words, and we thank you, Lord, that, you can, that we can uh, learn from what you want us to learn. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. By the way, before I, I go for, forward, I was talking with Miss Katie, my wife, uh, sometime this week, and that, le- that, was per- that conversation was caused by me having to, <laughs> listening to one of our recordings, and I'm like, oh man, I am going so fast. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so prayerfully, we talked about it. Let's, we're just going to talk about whatever we can talk about without having to cram everything in so we can chew it and digest it correctly. Amen. Amen. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For ye, who is ye? All of us. For ye, all of us that... Of course, the book of Galatians is talking to people who are saved. For ye are all the children of God. How do you become children of God? By faith in Christ, right? So I remember being uh, in school as little as first grade. First grade. And of course, our teacher would say, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, in God. We're all part of the family of God. Well, while that sounds ooey and gooey and that sounds touching and inspiring, if you will, the fact of the matter is that is just not true. People who are saved are children of God. People who are in Christ, who have put their faith in Christ, are children of God. Amen. That's not my words. That's the word of God. Amen. Now, let's go to... Colossians chapter number 1, verse 16. Sorry, 1, verse 1 to 6. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. So I'm going to start with chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, who is writing, who is speaking, Paul. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. Who is he speaking to? Saints and faithful brethren, and they are where? In Christ. He's talking to saved people. Amen. All right. Which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. But look at the next verse. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, whose faith is it? It's the faith of those believers that they put in Christ. You and me? So, and the love which ye have, and the love which ye have to all the saints. 
For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the Lord uh, of the truth of the gospel. So let's let's slow down a little bit and kind of digest this a little a little bit, ruminate on this a little bit. Who is Paul talking to? Saints, brethren in Christ, saved people, right? And how did they become saved people? How did they become children of God? By faith in Christ. They put their faith in Christ. And remember, it says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Uh, as soon as they put their faith in Christ, they got saved. They were put in Christ. And guess what? Boom! There's hope for them in heaven. When you're not saved, sadly, that is not the truth for people that are not saved. You can only wish you're going to heaven. Or you can only wish that your bad, bad deeds will, or your good deeds will outweigh your bad deeds. You can only wish to go to heaven. But the Bible says, if you put your faith in Christ, then you have a hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Alright? Not only that, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So when did they put their faith in Christ. Before they put their faith in Christ, they heard the truth of the word of the gospel first. Right? It is so important, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, it is so important that we make sure people are just not believing in Christ. Remember, we talked about that the other day. Uh, the devil believes in Christ. He's seen them. What about Christ are we supposed to believe? The gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Amen. So, so uh, after they heard the word of the gospel, then they put their faith in Christ, and then they have a home in heaven. Amen. Now, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bring it forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Once God's grace, God's grace is already available for everyone. Amen. But how do you access that grace? By putting your faith in Christ. What does that mean? By putting your faith in what he did, his, his death, burial, and resurrection. Is it kind of self-explanatory a little bit, yes? Okay. Let's go forward to the next verses over here. Open, if you, if you will, 2 Timothy chapter number two, 3, verse 15 and 16. The Bible says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is of or in? Yeah. In Christ Jesus. So, look at this. And I'm going to kind of park here a little bit because the, Paul, told, Paul was talking to Timothy. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you knew about the Bible while you were growing up. But that does not make anyone saved. There was a time, he knew about the Bible, but there was a time all throughout his, his life as a, as, a, as a child and as a teenager, even if he knew his Bible, he had to put his faith in Christ. 
And then after that, that's when salvation happened. People who know their Bible, there's a lot of people who know their Bible that don't, <laughs> that, that, that are not saved. Hey, can I, I have news for everyone, including myself. Did you know when the Lord Jesus Christ was in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him? You know what Satan was doing? Quoting scripture after scripture. So even if you know the Bible, there has to come a time that you will just put your faith into what the Lord Jesus Christ did, his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, um, all scripture, verse 16, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So I just want to make a side note over here. It's just too good to, to pass. All scripture is given by inspiration. See this over here? Inspiration, all scripture. This is what we're studying, the Bible. Amen. And is profitable for doctrine. That's the very first thing. For a proof and for correction. For instruction in righteousness. You know what that instruction in righteousness is? That's Christian living. Sadly, some churches dwell here. Instruction in righteousness. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sure, we need to talk about the ooey, the gooey, the love one another stuff. Sure, we need to talk about that. But before that, you know what's the most important thing? Doctrine. You know where that comes from? Scripture. So, are you still with me? That was just a side note. That was free. Amen. To summarize, to summarize, faith in Christ. Whose faith is it? It's the faith of the person. It's your faith. It's the faith of the believer once they put it in Christ. All right? Whose faith is it? Your faith or the believer in Colossians 1.4. And then we talk about it earlier in Galatians chapter number 3. Once you put your faith in Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, Galatians 3.26 says you become a child of God. Number 3, hey, you become a saint. Nobody needs to canonize you. You're looking at the real Saint Francis over here in front of you. <laughs> I know, I know. That's just a lot of people are like, I don't want to be a saint because of our preconceived idea about the, world's, the word saint. But you know what? It's a real thing. Once you get saved, the Bible says you're a saint. You also become a brethren, part of the brethren. And how many of you, let me just talk with you a, sec, a little bit. How many of you have heard me call you brother or sister? I know that is from times past. I know that's like an old-fashioned term to call people. But I, I know, I know. That might be sound corny to other people. I don't know. But I just love the fact that the Bible says, once we're saved, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. You know why? Because we're children of God. I'm not saying you should call me that. I'm just saying I like being old-fashioned like that, I guess. <laughs> um, not only that, you have a hope that is laid up for you in heaven. As soon as you put your faith in Christ, you have a hope that is laid up for you in heaven, Colossians 1.5. Not only that, but before you put your faith in Christ, you should, be, you should be able to listen to the gospel. Faith cometh by hearing, in hearing the word of God. After you hear the gospel, you put your faith in Christ, the gospel brings forth fruit. 
And then last but not least over here, by putting your faith in Christ, after you hear the gospel, you now have access to the grace of God. The grace of God is available for everyone. But you know what? How do you access it? Put your faith in Christ. Same, same with the love of God. Same with the forgiveness of sins. Same with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's available for everyone. But how do you access it? Put your faith in Christ. Now, let's talk about the faith. Oh, sorry. Faith in Christ is our faith that we place in Christ in the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection that results to salvation, results into salvation. Now, let's talk about the faith of Christ. The faith of Christ, let's look at the verses. Let's run the verses. Number one, Romans 3.22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. Did I say that right? By faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Now we know that when it says there is no difference, that's talking about the Jew and the Gentile right now in our time. There is no difference. Everyone has to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. How do we act, or how is that righteousness of God available to us? By the faith of Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians chapter number three, verse nine. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is, we talk about that during the review, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith, whose faith? Of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. So, both Romans 3.22 and Philippians 3.9 says, how is the righteousness of God available to us? By faith of Christ. We'll talk about that later on. We'll tie it all together in the last part here. Galatians 2 verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, we read this earlier, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. There's actually two kinds of faith in here. There's the faith of Jesus Christ. And then there's we have believed in Jesus Christ. May I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, there's the faith of Christ over here and over there. We have believed in Jesus Christ. I highlighted it as red because that's when we put our faith in Christ. See that? Um, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So number one, about the faith of Christ, right? the righteousness of God is made possible. Number two, justification is made possible. Number three, number, uh, in Ephesians chapter number three, verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. By the faith of who? By the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? So we have righteousness of God, number one. Number two, justification is made possible. Number three, boldness and access with confidence. Did you know that in the Old Testament, you cannot, individuals cannot go straight to God unless they're a prophet or a priest? If you wanted to talk to God, you have to go to the temple, uh, make an offering, and then tell the priest 
what your, what, what your requests are. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ was, was crucified on the cross of Calvary, that veil between the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place, guess what? It tore in two from top to bottom, from top to bottom. You know what that signifies? That, 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 that was God making a way for us from top to bottom to be able to go straight to Him with access, and with boldness and confidence without going through anyone else. That's why we're able to pray right now straight to Him. You know what? Prayer to some people, and sometimes I'll admit, I'm sure every one of us can admit this, can be a chore sometimes, especially when we're tired. Amen? But can you imagine that that is a privilege afforded to us? We can go straight to God without going through anyone anymore. Amen? Uh, In other words... The faith of Christ is the summation of Christ's perfect obedience, His faithfulness, dependability, and trustworthiness that makes salvation for all man possible. Okay? Remember I, told, I, I, I mentioned something earlier, and we're almost done here. Remember I mentioned something earlier? Uh, uh, it's the, it's the integrity of God that is put in trial if we doubt His words and His salvation. You know what the Bible says in Philippians 1 verse 6? Be what? Confident of this very thing that He which hath begun. Who's that He? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you got saved, He begun a good work in you. Amen. But you know what? In the middle of your life as a Christian, as a believer, you might, you might think, man, I am not such a good person. Oh, I, I, I know the Bible teaches eternal security, but man, I just feel like doubting something sometimes. You know what? He which began the good work in you will what? Maybe perform it? Hopefully perform it? Will perform it. Thank you. Will perform it until the day of, the, of Jesus Christ. Let me give you an illustration here real quick and then we're done. I know that is not how the ark looked. <laughs> because it's got sails. All right. So now, looking back, in hindsight, we know that the ark is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and His salvation. Yes? All right. Because nobody could be saved from the flood without going into the ark. Right? Now, nobody can be saved without being in Christ. Amen. Without trusting in Christ. Without putting their faith in Christ. Now, so looking back, we know that the ark is a picture of Jesus Christ and His salvation. With that in mind, by the way, in Genesis chapter number 7, verse 4 and verse 10, you don't have to go there, the Bible says that Noah and his family, and of course, all the animals, were, it was a literal zoo in there, amen, were in the ark for seven days. The the door was shut. They were in there for seven days before the first drop of rain fell. And before that, there was never, ever, ever any rain. It was just mist that came out of the ground. So, how many of you believe that the Bible is true? Yeah, amen, all of us, right? So, if that is true, and it is, can you just think with me, imagine with me for a second, then we're done. God 
told Noah, come in to the, get into the ark. I'll shut the door. And then day one, it still hasn't rained. Scoffers. Noah! <laughs> rain. What is this rain that you talk of? Rain, water falling from the sky? Ha! Day two. Noah! I'm sure it stinks in there now, doesn't it? Why? Because of all the animals. Day number three. Noah! Child Protective Services are here. Why are your children not in school? Something like, I'm just trying. The Bible is true, amen. So think with me for a second. So day, day four, day five, day six, and then day seven came. And then the thunder sounded. The lightning flashed, and then the gates of the deep opened up. And then the rain fell, amen. And then flood came up. And guess what? All those scoffers during day one to seven, and even when Noah was building the ark, Noah! Noah! Let us in! But what God has shut, no man can open. Yeah. Now, fast forward. I know the Bible said, God says that it's 40 days and 40 nights that they were in that ark. Yes? Imagine with me all those animals. I know Noah definitely understands what God, is, you know, I mean, what God told them. But listen. He's in, in those 40 days and 40 nights and it's stinky in there and it's hot and you just don't know. Sometimes the waves are big and all that. Do you think that maybe one or more of Noah and maybe Noah and his family would kind of doubt, is this really a good thing that we're in here? Maybe. I don't know. It's not written in the Bible. I'm just thinking. Maybe. But here's what I'm trying to say. It not, after hearing the word of God, it was Noah's faith in the ark that puts him in the ark. But whether they believe it or not, while they're in the ark, it's the faith of the ark that takes them throughout into the end. Do you get that? Last verse and then we're done. Galatians 2.20 we know this verse. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself for me. You know what? Maybe sometimes in your Christian life, in our Christian life, you may feel like you're in a zoo just like Noah in the ark, full of all the filthiness of this world. But you know what? Because of the faithfulness of Christ, because of the faith of Christ, everything that, that made salvation possible is intact. You can be confident. You can be confident and you can trust Him. That is the definition. That is the difference between the faith in Christ and the faith of Christ. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful. Um, thank you that you have given your son that we can rest in you and we can be sure 
of, of your salvation. We can trust in your word. Lord, thank you for everyone that's here. And um, as the service continues, we ask that you would, you would uh, give everyone a wonderful week and safe and safety there, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.